Hi, friends, and welcome back for Brazen Business, episode two. Today, we're talking to my friend Lou Garner, who owns an indigo dyeing company and gift shop in Jackson, Tennessee. We met about five years ago at a market that we were booth neighbors for. And so we dive into the market life, what it's like to sell at markets, setting up a booth, the experience there. And I think it's a unique um, look. If you haven't done markets before or if you have done them, I think you're going to find a lot of these um, threads familiar. And so I hope you will enjoy um, listening to my friend Lou and I talk about our experience. Her business is called Garner Blue, and you can find her on Instagram under that handle. And I hope you will enjoy. This is Lou Garner with Brazen Business Podcast. It's been a a long time since I've talked to you. It's so strange to like hear your voice and it's instantly like familiar to me, even though it's been like five years and we only hung out for like a weekend. I know. Um, But I think in the interest of like, since nobody else really knows, um, we're both artists and we met at a market that was taking place in outside of Nashville. Yeah. Uh Yeah. About five years ago. Um, and it was actually for the Country Living Magazine Fair, I think yes. is where it was. Isn't that what it was? Okay. It was. So, so this is kind of the reason why I wanted to have you on here is because you and I's relationship is just something that I feel like is the treasure that happens with being an artisan that does markets. Yeah, totally. Would you agree with that? With the people that you meet um, at some of these things are, they yeah, end up. It's, it's totally different. It's like you, I mean, you understand each other in just a different way because you're kind of doing, even though like you're jewelry and I'm textiles, like totally different things, but you, you understand kind of what's going on with each other. <laughs> yes. And it's, I feel like these relationships are so, have just become so important to me over the years because essentially, I mean, you know, things change over time, but you don't have a whole lot of coworkers when you are an totally. artisan doing something that's like a, such a, a craft like you are and, and like myself. And so I want to talk some about your business, but I really think one of the main things I wanted to talk to you about is because I know you've had such an extensive career, at like doing markets and showing your art in so many different um, scenarios that I just think that that's a unique perspective that maybe a lot of people don't have, or like maybe a lot of people are afraid to jump into that world because of so many of the unknowns. And so I just thought you would be like, have a really unique perspective on that kind of thing. So, um, first just, I know, but first tell everybody else what it is, um, that you do, what your craft is and what your business name is. Yeah. So my business is Garner Blue and it's hand-dyed indigo art to wear or indigo textiles. Um, so it's taken a lot of turns over the years. So this November, I'll celebrate 10 years of Garner Blue, but um, that's incredible. That's incredible. When I first started, I was, um, well, it's all dyed with natural indigo. So that's the consistent thing. Everything that I make is um, from natural fibers and I'm dyeing them with indigo, but it could be, you know, a scarf to a wall hanging to, you know, a floor poof to a kimono. (laughs) Um, I've added a lot more wearables in the last few years. So more dresses and jumpsuits and um and like sweatshirts um things like that so um 
And then in the last couple of years, I've also started to realize that I could dye things that didn't just start like white or, or just like cream natural undyed. I could dye things that were already dyed and the indigo would kind of like remove some of the color and layer back over. So my, um, the things I make aren't just blue and white anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's just a whole other thing. And I mean, the, still most consistently like obviously everything still has a blue tone and that you know sure. it keeps it consistent like at an event or you know something where it's kind of like what's going on here there must be a theme um but yeah it's um it is kind of a little bit of a game changer because there can be some different tones going on so yeah that's wonderful so you have um to, man 10 years in in doing anything is incredible but in running your own business um, i'm sure it's taken a lot of forms over the years uh, we met at a market are you still traveling and doing markets um you know yeah. in, all over the place or what what's your main like access to the people who are finding you on a regular basis is it market-based or you have a brick and mortar or what are you doing yeah yes and so um i Probably actually when we met, I was in the process of starting a little micro retail space. And yes, that's because that's been I about five that. years yes. ago. And I started, um, it's in our downtown here in Jackson. We have these micro retail spaces that are called the local and it's a 12 by 20 space. I actually shared it with, an, with a pal. <laughs> so I had okay. half of that. She worked it. Um, I, at the time, and am still the director of a nonprofit that works with entrepreneurs. So I still have a whole other full-time thing as well. So initially wow, yeah. when she was like, hey, let's do this retail space, I was like, that's crazy. I don't really know that I want to have a retail space, but she convinced me. And um, then we did that for two years and I realized that I really loved it and I wanted to do more. And so I expanded to a larger space still in our downtown. And so it's been a little over three years of having that space. And I have a studio in the back. So I was able to move out of my home, which at the time we were in 1100 square foot house and I was taking up like three rooms. So it's nice. <laughs> yes, running an entire business out of, out of right. that place. So nice to be able to move out of the house. Um, so I do have that brick and mortar and it's, it's my work, but it's also, I mean, probably over a hundred different artists at this point. So some are local to Jackson, some are Tennessee and some are just from all over. So it's a gift okay. store. Um, and then I do still travel. I probably do, I would say eight to eight to 12 markets any given year. Um, sure. Some of those have gotten closer to home. Um, like I do more Memphis and Nashville than anything else. But uh, like I did one in Louisville, I was going to do one in Grand Rapids, something else happened. So I do still kind of travel around as well. So that is definitely still bringing awareness for Garner Blue. Um, and then I feel like over the years, somehow my website has actually gotten worse. I <laughs> like updating it is just trickier and trickier because each piece is unique. So, yeah, I, you it's know, it's so painstaking to just write a listing in the first place. And so for such for a one off, it does feel like it just feels like such an added chore to the whole creation, doesn't it? It is. It really is. So um, I'm still working on um, I've got a couple of people that work with me in the shop. You know, they're there kind of manning the shop because I'm not there most of the time. And then they help with like ironing and some of those like post-production elements of the pieces that sure. I make. Um, and I'm working on figuring out how to kind of train them on adding more to the website, as well as the things that are in the shop are, are also not online. They're pretty much just for a physical, physical presence. Um, but yeah, so there's, 
it's changed definitely in five years. <laughs> yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, and all things do, but it sounds like it's been progressing in, in a way of growth in a way that, that you're like wanting to push it along. So that's also a fantastic turn of events. Sometimes there are things that are out of our control, but to hear that you're still, you know, expanding upon your space and um, adding people to your team and things like that. That's really um, encouraging. I think for anybody out there at any phase of business to be thinking about um, things are still growing. That's great. Yeah, for sure. It, it has been something that <laughs> so I, like, I can't believe it's 10 years realizing that a couple yeah. months ago, I was yeah. like, Oh my goodness. But, um, but yeah, it, it does. It seems it's something that I still can't really imagine not doing. So <laughs> still doing it. And don't you find like when you, when you're thinking about it in terms of 10 years and all that's taken place, I think this is something that people say a lot, but the purpose of this podcast in particular is to really shine a bigger light on the fact that the trajectory is not like a straight slant at 45 degrees up to success. Like it is Mm -hmm. constant ebb and flows and things that fall through and disappointments or maybe mistakes, things that, um, a lot of times will keep a person from keeping going. And I, I tell people, clients all of the time that I'm helping like develop their own small businesses that like the difference is just the people that just keep going. Like that's, I think that's, that, I think really that's the true. only difference between success. Is that, is that what you find I also? Think, I think that's so true. I think that, you know, it, it's so much work and no one, no one can really prepare you for it. And I do, I think that's the difference between people who continue and not to say, you know, people that stop, it means that they're not hard workers. It just means that no, you know, sure. maybe they just were, they got a little tired. <laughs> or well, no, knows, I also you know? think it kind of, it, it lets people that it, I don't want to say weed out because that seems like they're they're not doing what they're supposed to. But like, if it's not your passion, mm-hmm. then a lot of times you're not going to maybe stick it out through all of the trials and tribulations. I think that something, um, and maybe this has been true for you too, is there are always like reasons to quit or like in times I've even taken complete breaks. But when it's something that you're passionate about, I just feel like you said, you can't imagine yourself not doing it, right? right totally, yeah. I also think it's so healthy too to realize that it's good for things to to end. You know, it's good for there sure. to be like a cycle of things. And you know, I think often, so often, I'll hear about a small business pal, you know, who's kind of decided, oh, I'm I'm ending this part. Maybe they're closing their brick and mortar, or maybe they are just like closing down their brand and they're saying this season is over. And I can't help but feel like, oh no, that's so sad. But then I'm like, sure, come on. Like nothing's going to last forever. (laughs) Like, of course it's going to go through seasons and, you know, um, it is, well, you know, that is, it's so true. And it's really healthy of you to be able to to say that in real time. Cause I think that's not something that, um, you know, I feel like when you're building a business and you're putting uh, all of your heart and soul and time and extra thought process into building something, you really don't think of it as like this too shall pass. But yeah. I mean, in all reality, it will, or at the very least will change mm-hmm. in a way that it maybe is not what your original direction was intended. And I think that that is, um, it's an important part to, to talk about because, yeah, I've ended things before. There's been plenty, plenty of people that have had a really good run at something in a business that's closed and yeah. run its course, but um, it's it's not. It doesn't make it any less worth the endeavor to begin with, right? Totally, totally. Yeah, for sure. I think that one of the things that I 
really like most about being in like an art business and doing markets um, is meeting people like you, like how we met um, at that country living magazine fair. And I think that it's the most interesting thing because nobody does the same exact thing. I mean, there are mm-hmm. a million jewelry artists out there. So like, you know, possibly you're doing jewelry, but there's so many takes on different crafts and so many people that are in different stages of their business at all of these things. Like some people, it's their very first show. Some people are seasoned at it. Some people have like a rad setup. Some people are like just barely, <laughs> like they forgot a million things or whatever the thing is. So I kind of wanted to hear, um, you know, just about your experience with like meeting just the meeting people in general I think it's like maybe the people that you have that are also artisans but it's also meeting the customers I think it's like a unique it's a unique way to meet people in general right it really is yeah and I think even having a brick and mortar I think a lot of people are like oh why do you travel and do these art shows you know when you have a physical location and I'm like well there's lots of reasons I mean one of them is just still expanding like brand awareness beyond Jackson like I never created Garner Blue with Jackson as even my primary market. I figured I would travel and go and, you know, expand who would know about it. Um, But also, yeah, you're so right. There's there's those unique interactions that, you know, I do have people that love Garner Blue that come to the shop and I love getting to chat with them about that. But at a market, it's totally different. Like when my customers come up at the market, some people are people who have you know, they're like, I'm back for another piece. (laughs) And then some people are like, I've never seen this before. This is so great, you know, and getting to see, you know, someone grab something that you've made and like, wow over it and try it on and love it and talk about how they're so excited to wear it or to use it or to gift it. It's really special. It's like a dopamine hit or something. (laughs) And there's Um, something so like wonderful about like that real time feedback, like somebody discovering it and like their reaction right then and there, like you don't get that. I mean, like you would in a brick and mortar for sure, but I mean like selling online or like interacting with people through social media, like that is, it is a dopamine hit, man. It is. It really is. And then there is um, also that the unique connection with others. So I'm fresh off of a market this weekend. I was at one in Nashville, um, Tennessee Craft. And so that's an outdoor one, which I, I feel like at a lot of outdoor events, I don't, because I normally just go by myself. So I don't have the opportunity to like walk around and talk to a lot of other sure. artists. Um, but at this one, there, you know, the the guy that was next to me, he does these like crazy glass orb things. So, and we had our well, our sidewalls were open so you could we could interact but then I also had a couple of other friends um just other you know like a potter and a woodworker and I made a point and they made a point to like stop in and check you know talk to each other and and it is just a different thing you know like the woodworker she was she had a really bad event like when I went and talked to her on the third day she was like I've sold one thing and I was like oh my oh, gosh, gosh. And, so, and I was just like that's crazy I literally was beside her at a market two months ago and she sold out so <laughs> so there, yeah. I mean and, and so you know we're just able to kind of talk through like man that sucks and you know just what does that mean does that mean that this don't do this event again does that what it, you know like kind of just hash through yes. it. like let's talk about it you know and yes. then just you know to affirm like okay remember that last event where everything sold out so it's not that you're not making great things and you know and that's I'm able to kind of, you know, we're able to have that conversation and she's hearing it from someone who knows and understands. Um, so that, you know, those are really special and unique relationships as well with, with other artists and other makers. Um, 
And then I agree because when you're meeting people on that, in that exact moment, uh, it's like, there's a vulnerability there. Even if you're having a great show, totally. it's still like a vulnerability. You're like doing it right here in front of all these people. Like people can see if you're selling <laughs> yeah. or if you're selling or like here, if you're, you know, and so it's such a, like to have a stranger. I didn't know three days ago, know that I made a profit or didn't make a profit on this. And like, I'm struggling with, do I go on? Like literally every time you have a bad show, you're like, yeah. maybe I'm not I'm supposed to. And so <laughs> it's like you're a coworker, but for such a short amount of time, mm-hmm. right? It's so yeah. crazy. But it is, I mean, it's funny. Cause like, you know, I came home and I'm talking to my husband and I was like, yeah, well, this is my friend, you know, who does this and this and, and they live, you know, in Kentucky and they have this market and, you know, I'm telling them about these people and I'm like, they're, I feel like they're my friends. Like, you know, I've seen this woman, you know, we've, we connected through social media probably three or four years ago. I've seen her in person. That last market that I referenced was the first time. And then again, now here a couple months later, but I'm like, yeah, she's my friend. <laughs> Like, yes. Of she is. <laughs> yes. I was going, I was going to start this podcast and I was like, well, I'm going to reach out to Lou. And then, like, as I'm writing a message to you on Instagram, I'm like, I haven't spoke to this woman in five years. <laughs> and I'm just like, expect her to just be like, well, yeah, I feel like yesterday we were at that market experiencing that together. And I know that like, after we left that market, we had kind of talked about um, like helping each other navigate because some shows are great. Some shows aren't yeah. like, how did it go? What are these places? And so you had this like beautiful Excel spreadsheet that you put together and shared with me. And we were like both trying to contribute and like help each other. And that those types of little things are the things that you just don't get from another kind of work environment. Like totally. that's bizarre. How do I have a shared document <laughs> where we're like, just like open door on what this, what this show is like because a lot of people like the gatekeep and there's so much like competition Mm -hmm. in the art world and stuff and so like that is so bizarre that like we were we connected so much in like two days at this show that we're like let's help each other out maybe we'll see each other again and some of these people will never see again yeah but like some of these people i'll be like hey lou i'm gonna do a show in nashville which one's the one and like maybe i'll come across your path again and so i just i feel the same way i started reaching out to people for this podcast and people, I mean, I know that people like probably like to talk about their, their things, but also people are just being so generous with their time and like willing to talk. And it's all of these types of friendships that Mm -hmm. I made that like make this, the market life really fun. Yeah, totally. I agree. (laughs) Everybody loves the horror stories, you know, you know, mine involve weather, um, which of course, Mm. you know, when you do outdoor events, those are, those are the weather is just going to be the weirdest thing. Um, so I have been literally setting up for an event and had my tent blow up like over me and roll to a very busy street in Nashville. Um, oh, and goodness. I, and of course it was raining. So I also, of course, I just of course. Started, why would it not be? Yeah. I just packed everything up as I was going and just walked it all back to my car. The wildest part is that as soon as I had like, closed my door in my car I heard a gunshot like literally like not very far from me and saw all these kids running from the area and so there was a shooting and a crazy storm all happening at the same time and it was it was wild I got in my car all signs are pointing to go home (laughs) I know I got in my car and I was like I started crying a little bit and then I was like okay I'm just gonna go to my Airbnb and I'm just going to figure out what happened, you know, what happens now? Cause I'm like, I don't have a tent. This is the first day. I have a lot of inventory that I have made for this event. I've been counting on this event. I don't, the shooting is like a whole separate, like, I can't even deal with that necessarily. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, I Googled it later that night. I don't think anyone was actually 
injured because I was like, this is crazy. This happened right near me. But, um, and I immediately like try to find somewhere else to pop up. I actually, the organizers contacted me and they were like, we found your tent. It's still usable, which is wild. Um, so it, it, that's we found your been. tent is like a, not a phone call. Anybody anticipates getting, you know, <laughs> we found it. It's still, it has holes in the roof, but still set up tomorrow because it's not supposed to rain and so I was like okay so um and and yeah other weather I mean I've been at multiple things where we've all of us have been like holding our tents down together you know and like trying to help actually <laughs> literally keep the wind from blowing your tent away and um just things like that that sometimes I feel a little bit insane that I maybe continue to do these outdoor events. yeah <laughs> like there might be something slightly wrong with all of us but um we still keep doing it because they are so great. <laughs> My craziest ones are just weather, rather weather related. Well, and they get very frustrating because like you can't, you can't do anything about the weather. And when you Nothing. sign up for these shows, you're just months out. Like there's no yeah. even, you can predict based on what month it's in and what region of the country you're in, but like you have no idea if there's going to be a weather event. And so it is always a little tricky when you commit to those kinds of things, isn't it? Totally, totally, for sure. I would say that one of the things that I have found to be the most frustrating and maybe like um, unfigure outable <laughs> type of thing is kind of what you're talking about earlier with your woodworking friend where you hear about a show that's fantastic. You're so excited for the show. You prepare for the show really hard. You show up hard at the show and the sales just aren't there or people, mm -hmm. the feedback's bad or you, and you start to think like, I don't, I don't understand why this is happening. And I think when it was, when it, I was earlier on, it would really fluster me harder. Um, now, like you said, I try to just be like, well, maybe this isn't the show for me. Um, I recently had a show where I did a spring show and I was already signed up for the fall show. And I thought the spring show was just going to be so great. And it was actually terrible. And it was a two day show. Like it almost cost me money because I was staying in a hotel. Mm. And so I pulled out of the fall show and I don't know if normally I would have like, maybe I would say I would give it two tries before I'd pull out of it. But I was just like, I don't want to invest that kind of like a whole weekend and that kind of money and stuff again to have it go over so poorly. So I guess, how do you gauge, like if you're going to go back to a show or if like do you do a lot of repeats or do you try to travel around or what's what's your methodology yeah. there I do a lot of repeats um yeah. like there are some that I'll do like there's I mean Porterfly is an event in Nashville and I think they're celebrating like their 25th and I think I've done like 15 of them <laughs> like Holy so cow. um yeah. like there are a lot that I will do again and again and I mean, it has to do with, you know, how well do I do there? How well organized is it? Um, oh, yeah, like that's a how, big one. You know, like how, um, how this is a weird thing, but like how appreciated are you? Almost like by the organizers, like how well do they kind of take care of you? Yes. Um, and then, but I mean, you know, ultimately all th those things matter for sure. The organization and how well the organizers take care of things. But ultimately, if you're not making money at the event then at some point you say I mean maybe after two probably I say okay I'm not going to do that one again um yeah and there's been a couple um that like Renegade in Chicago I did for three years 
the third year I, and this has been several years ago, but the third year I just did a lot less than the year before. And it kind of felt like it was sort of like angling down. And so in my head, I was just kind of like, you know what? I think I'm going to give this a break. Now, last year I was like, okay, I think I want to do Renegade again, or I want to try to, because I'm, I'm making different things. Um, So you have to keep that in mind, you know, is your, is what you're, your product the same. And if it's not, then maybe this could be good for a new market um, or for a market that you used to be in. Um, And then I just think it could be time to try it again. So, um, but yeah, I think that there, you have to do kind of an evaluation. There's one right now that I'm thinking that I've done for four years and I'm like, okay, I think maybe I'm not going to do that one, you know, for the next couple. And then there's some that are just really great and you just kind of keep going back as much as you can. Most everything that I participate in is like a juried event. So I just, am always like, I'm just going to try again. We'll see. Maybe they'll invite yeah. me or hope they do, but you know, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that is, um, that, and that's a whole, that's a, a whole nother angle is the juried event and the applying to an event and the getting into an event. I think that a lot of customers don't understand, um, the process it is to get into some of these shows and what, um, kind of care and consideration has gone in just for the applicant to even have the ability to apply, to get into something, to have the photos, to have the booth set up. I mean, like there's, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. I think that that's something that like maybe people not in this kind of, um, line of work don't really even understand. But when we talk about going to a market, you can say like, well, I really want to do this one, but then you could just not get in. Right. Yeah. And, and you might not know why at all. Like they might, you know, their massive applicants might be so, so much that they don't even really explain why, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that, that's always tricky, you know? And I think that sometimes I'm like, maybe that's not bad. Maybe they know their customers more than I do. Like maybe they realize that maybe what I'm doing wouldn't do as well there. Um, So you never know why sometimes you don't get in. And then I do, you know, like I was referring to the one that I've done so many times, um, they are, they love to bring people back, but they do want new things. And so they will always ask for, I can't remember what percentage of items that you would be bringing that would be something new. Um, And I think that mindset is very, very helpful to keep in mind as you, you know, you've been doing this for, you know, even just a couple of years, realizing that like, you need to switch things up to keep people kind of like interested in what you're doing. Like I couldn't just make the like five scarves that I made at the very beginning still today right. and still have a business right. model because everyone would have those five scarves yeah. or everyone who right. wanted to would have given those five scarves to people. And I would literally have to be going to like brand new markets all of the time. All the time. Constantly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have to, I don't think that's like, it's fun. I've used that market as one that I apply for. It helps me think about what new things I want to make. And then those end up, you know, part of, part of the product line too. So that you're right about um, the the markets having a better idea of who their customer is or knowing. Um, I know that like years prior, I've been turned down for shows thinking like, oh gosh, I was perfect for that. And now looking back, I'm like, oh, I wasn't ready. Or like maybe my setup wasn't good or like compared to some of the other artists, you don't want to go in and be like, you know, something that's not matching what everybody's after because that is not going to make you successful. And so I do think there are times I've been turned down and maybe it did make me reevaluate my setup or reevaluate some of my product line, or maybe it's just a matter of like fixing the photography to present myself better. But I think that there is a, 
I'm glad that there is this jury process that people um, have to go through because then when you do get in, you know that it's going to be, I mean, it's not a guarantee, but it is a better, it's a better indicator if it's going to be a good fit or not. Right. Right. Totally. And that everyone else there with you too is going to be like at a certain level that you want to be at, you know, and you're not selling at the flea market unless the flea market is like where your customers are and that's where you want to be, then great. But if that's not where you, you know, yeah. The booth setup for for a market is mm-hmm. um, super important, and I think that's not something that like people when they're creating a product oftentimes are like considering. I see so many people that I like literally plan it out right before the show happens, um, and I that was one of the things that I really appreciated about having you as a booth neighbor is your booth. It was like a, a little store, like you had it all set up. Um, yeah. really intentionally with like a really great system for like building your displays and, and things. And I think that um, as artists, a lot of times people stop after they create their thing and they're not right. very creative <laughs> with their display. Yeah. And it's like, like well, it's... I made all this other stuff. I don't, you know, I don't know how to make a display or I don't know how to, you know, but yeah, I think that you're right. I think a lot of people are kind of like, cool, I got a table and I'm just going to like lay this stuff out on it. <laughs> it's like, that's not super appealing. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And so it's like when you're, when you're dealing with this market type of world, you're essentially building a little, you are, shop, yeah, little you know, and that's, that's your impression for everybody. And mm-hmm. so I think that it's, um, that part for me has been a real fun journey on like, I love doing the booth display and mm-hmm. like working on, um, the, the way that things are set up. How many times do you think you've redone your, the way that you, you set know, things up at a market. There are some core elements, like, um, I don't know how many years ago I did this, but we have the, so the, I mentioned the nonprofit that I'm the director of, we have a makerspace yes. and we have a CNC router. And so I made some of my display on the CNC router and those Oh, shelves, I remember that. Yes. yes. I remember you so, telling me about that. Yeah. They attach to like um, metal shelves that all come apart. So everything comes apart and can fit in my Honda CRV. And those I have kept for, oh my gosh, probably like seven or eight years I've had those. Now I've added different things to it and, you know, changed things up for sure. Um, But yeah, there, I mean, there's always something new going on. Like I just added this sort of like artist statement thing on a canvas banner recently. Um, But yeah, I mean, you're in essence inviting someone to walk into like your little shop when you've got a booth and it, you know, you have a 10 by 10 space and eight by however big space you have, that's your representation of your brand. And so I think that it's super important that everything does that well, you know, that you can't just be like, okay, here's this like really cool display, but then I also have this um, fluorescent yellow checkout counter. If fluorescent yellow isn't part of your brand, then don't put it in there. Like, <laughs> make, yeah. like paint it or do something different with it. Um, and I just love, I love aesthetics. I love the way things look and the way that they communicate something to people. And so I think that taking that opportunity and having that opportunity with your little space is super fun. I, I often tell people that like, I fantasize that if I started another business down the line sometime, it would be like making display pieces for like different 
like different types of market setups for people like fabrics or jewelry or whatever. But the, I feel that I feel the same way. I feel I have the same tables that I had when I saw you five years ago, I'd been rocking those for probably three years at that time. And I'd cut them up and change the size of them a few times. But right now I think they just got like their like sixth coat of paint on them when I like redid them for this last time. And so I do think there are like some core elements, but yes, every time you come to see my booth, I want you to be pleasantly surprised by something or be excited about something or just have it shaken up enough that it feels like a new experience for the customer, I think is, mm-hmm. is, cru- is crucial. And one of the things that I think that you do, um, you do really well. So then do you kind of get to have that same kind of fun in your brick and mortar space where you are kind of like showcasing, a? um, so many different items is that uh, same kind of merchandising going through I do I merchandise the items pretty regularly but my um my setup that you know like my shelves and my couch and my tables and all my like actual like base things have been the same the whole time it's funny I've got other shop pals like Karen Jackson and like some of them own a plant store and they rearrange that thing probably I mean, like every couple of weeks and I'm always like, dang, how do you guys have the energy to do that? Um, so my like base of my shop is the same. You know, the shelves are on the same walls they've been on yes. the whole three and yes. a half years or something. The couch is in the same spot that, you know, but like the items themselves move around a lot. So sure. um, I think it definitely there are people who come in almost almost weekly or every other week and they're always like oh this is new and this is different and so I'm kind of like almost doing it for them for those people who do come in so regularly for them to still feel like there's a reason for them to come in so regularly because the people that come in you know basically just for the holidays it's gonna feel like a whole new store because it's been a year since they were there (laughs) so sure um, and yeah, that I, is like yeah. the intentionality and like the attention to detail that I think sets some businesses a, a, apart from the rest. Like when you are taking the extra time to rearrange the store because you know that there's going to be a handful of loyal people supporting you that will notice or that will delight in it being different. I think that that's the thing yeah. that that keeps people in business. You know, there I are so agree. many people I that mean, wouldn't bother. There's so many people that say like, oh, you know, in-person retail, it's dead. And it's really not. It's about an experience. And so whether you're doing that in person at a market or for a brick and mortar store, you have to create something that does feel like an experience. So if somebody's popping in, you know, they're taking it all in and it's not just like an exchange of, of money for something, you know, it's like look at everything and feel great and feel at peace and it smells really good in there and you know, all of that. So Uh, yeah, um, all of those things. Mm -hmm. The last thing I was just talking about with my, the last person I interviewed was um, we were talking about like the way a person feels when they leave having interacted with your business, um, whatever it is, just like you were saying, the smells, the like feeling that they had the, like, if it looked pretty, if it was like delighting to their eye, all of those things are the thing that like word of mouth that will, will go around. Or there's reason why they'll come back and see you again next time is because it was just like a pleasant interaction. And I think that so many people are like, here's my product. It's good. Like, that's all (laughs) I need to do. This is it. I've I've come all the way as far as I'm going to come for you people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just more than that. And yeah. And sometimes that is exhausting for people because they're like, well, I'm just good at making this thing. And it's like, well, that's cool. But if you want to like 
get that in front of more people or like actually have making that thing help sustain you or help create some some consistent like revenue for you like you are gonna have to go a little bit further with it (laughs) yeah so yeah just good old-fashioned like hard work and attention to detail really it just is it's the same stuff (laughs) that our grandparents did it's just in a different form (laughs) yeah there's no secret sauce it's just you know now we have social media (laughs) to manage also that's that's it really yeah Um, well one more thing I want to touch on before um I let you go is the educational aspect of the stuff that you do in particular. I mean, you have so much science going on in the natural dyeing process. And I remember being just very, um, a couple of things. I was like impressed with your, you know, ability to kind of make that whole process approachable for people. Like I heard you explain it to people of all different ages and demographics when we were at that market and kind of felt like, you know, when you're neighbors with somebody, you start to hear their like pitch over and over again, or like (laughs) their things that they say a lot. Right. So you're just almost like, Oh, they said it again. I got, yep. I get that dying now or whatever the thing is. And but also like you're really educating on the fly. Like you're talking to these people, you're giving them a short bit of information. It's like an elevator pitch, like on steroids. You have to like get your whole process across. Plus you're doing something that's like technical and people are asking questions that they don't really understand the answers to. And so I just think that like that, um, I, I guess the question I'm trying to frame for you is, is that process for you still exciting or is it exhausting that like you're still talking about indigo dying or is it like, does that reinvigorate you to be like, explain it again to like another person who's curious? Like how, yeah, where do you fall? I mean, like, I think I still love it. I mean, like I still do workshops and stuff like that for people too, which those are so fun. Um, yesterday, actually, I spoke to a group of kindergartners about Indigo and I was like messaging with my friend who is the art teacher. I was like, I don't know how to talk to kindergartners. We don't have kids. I don't know. I don't know. And she was like, oh my gosh, they're the best audience because they are going to be amazed by everything that you say. Sure. Um, but no, I mean, I still, the process still fascinates me. So I definitely love getting to talk to people about it for sure. Um, I think at a market and at things like that, sometimes um, what can be good for people that are just starting is to figure out how much of it you really need to share because sure. you, know, you don't need to totally get in the weeds with someone who is just like, oh, look at this tie dye. <laughs> like, I don't need yeah. to be like, oh, it's not, tie-dye. you know, like I can just be like, yep cool and then if somebody's like how did you do this or you know a lot of people I have some prints or some things that I make with stencils and a rice paste and it looks like cyanotype and they're like I thought you were doing indigo and and so those people I can tell they know a little bit more and so I can go in a little bit deeper um so I think it's just sort of figuring out like you know who do you actually explain more to and who do you kind of have like just the surface level of like yeah it's dyed with natural indigo it just needs natural fibers you know um sort of something but to me it's really helpful especially when you're hand making to be able to at least explain a little bit so that people it does register for them like oh you didn't just buy this and you're selling it um yes and I, and it depends you know different events that you're at that's super clear but sometimes it's not <laughs> so well and it's yeah. like it's reading people right it's knowing right. like how much of this information they want because you can geek out on the details yeah. of it because you do it every day yeah. um I had like, I had been out of the market world for a little while and I did one this past January. It was like my first market back in like five years. And 
um, a very nice gentleman came up and was like looking at one of my pieces and like picked up one of my most expensive pieces and said, why does it cost so much? Hmm. And <laughs> like, I just, like, I kind of stood there like an idiot for a minute because I was like, I don't, I don't know, like where, I don't know what you want out of this answer. And so yeah. all I could really come up with was like, because I handmade it like that's that's all I could come up because I was like there's so many reasons like I could go into like the details of my pricing structure and how I'm probably not even charging as much as I probably should for this thing but all I could really come up with was because I made it like right. it's just well, and in that know, moment, so- it's like probably like someone saying something like that doesn't really care like they're just trying to sort of tell you like this is too expensive you know yeah and at that point it's like maybe that person really wasn't worth more of your effort to explain you know right and that's kind of all the things that are going on in my brain as I'm trying as I'm standing there looking like I don't know what the answer to the question is but those are the things it's like I don't you if you already don't appreciate the craft of it then I probably (laughs) me explaining it probably isn't going to change things for you but and I have people like that at a lot of markets and I'll just kind of, they'll be like, Ooh, like they'll look at the price tag and be like, Ooh. Um, and I'm like, I don't say anything. I just kind of, I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah, that's fine. I'm not twisting anyone's arm to buy any of these things. So <laughs> like, for sure, right, right. walk away if that's what you would, if that's what you want to do, I totally understand. Um, sure. But I think also it's helpful, you know, I'm sure you do, you know, you did this too, but have different price points, you know? And so if someone's like, oh my gosh, this jumpsuit that's, you know, $140 is a lot. And I'm like, well, there's a tea towel right here that's 16. So if you just yeah. want something that's like indigo and fun, like there's something very affordable, but no, maybe not the jumpsuit. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think that that is crucial. I've been in a couple of like, you know, um, entrepreneurial like seminar type things where they're trying to help people who are like in an art business make it a profitable business and I've sat in on a couple of these and um one of the first things that they always say is like you have to be able to match a lot of different price points because like I think the analogy somebody had used was like you have an oil painting it's huge and it's beautiful and it's worth $25,000 but like it's going to take a long time to sell that $25,000 painting but if you make it into a print and make that accessible for $25, you'll probably be able to eat and sell, (laughs) sell enough of those to fund your, until the perfect person comes along to buy that $25,000 painting. And so I think that speaks to like having something that can appeal to everybody. It's hard. I think in some fields, it's probably easier than others. Right. But I think that it is crucial if you want to be able to market to a, a larger group of people. Yeah, totally. Totally. And a lot of times when you're in these markets, right, you're seeing people of all walks of life. Like it's mm-hmm. sometimes maybe the the income demographic of the area will be different. But for the most part, there are people in every category you can imagine coming to these markets. Has that been your experience as well? Yeah, totally. I mean, especially like the ones like, again, the one I was just at this weekend, it's in the middle of a park in Nashville, like it was free, people could just be walking Mm -hmm. in and around and decide, oh, that's an art event, let's walk through it. So those people, you know, who just happened upon it, they're not probably going to spend a couple hundred dollars on an item because they weren't even planning on it at all. Now, then there might be people who have been had this date for this event on their calendar for months, and they're planning to go and, you know, buy all the things that they have been looking forward to getting but there's you know you have to know you have to know what you're what you're doing and where you're going and all of that so 
Yeah, I think it's one of the greatest parts is all is the diversity that comes to these markets and things. And it's one of the things that I think has been the most surprising. I'm sure this has happened to you. Like somebody will walk into your booth and you'll just think like, oh, they'll want this or they won't want this or they're not going to be. And then people will just blow your mind. They'll maybe be <laughs> your best customer of the whole weekend or, yeah. uh, you know, it's just it's it's I think it is just a lesson in humanity when you um, when you participate in these types of things, because people just will always surprise you. It's so true. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a place for judgment. Just, you know, I normally just kind of smile at everyone and I'm like, Hey, you know, just talk yeah. with everyone that comes in. Cause you really don't know what they're going to end up, you know, wanting to do. So yeah. Yeah. You just never know true. who you're talking to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, things, so many weird things have come from a market connection that you just don't ever really know. And I'm just, um, I love it. I love the market atmosphere. I love meeting people like you um, and having the experience of like, being able to be like, oh, I got a friend in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. She's, she she dies with Indigo. Let me tell you about it. I heard about it all weekend. Yeah. I just like, I love it. It's just like, that's that's the unique experience that you get when you're traveling and, and promoting an art craft that you love so much. And I just... Uh, I'm so grateful that I met you through that process and that you're still going. That's so exciting. It's good to chat with you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much for setting aside um, the time today. I'm just super grateful that you jumped on board. This is like episode two, so it's just starting out, but I'm super excited about the prospects of um, where it's going to go. So I appreciate you giving me your time. Yes, for sure. And I I wish you well. And if I can grab a show down in in Nashville, I'll for sure get a hold of you and let you know I'm going to come to your neck of the woods. Please do. Please do. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Be well and have a lovely day. Okay. You too. Bye.